0: Welcome back to Gateways, a podcast about the people, places, and possibilities of our regional cities. I'm Dr. Tracy Corley. As we heard in Episode 50, Mayor Walsh mentioned lessons that Boston could learn from Los Angeles. My guest today joins us remotely from La La Land. Yay! Denny Zane, Executive Director of Move LA. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yes, indeed. It's La 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 all the way over here.
0: (laughs) It's so far away. Well, as our listeners know well, our focus here on our podcast surrounds Gateway Cities in Massachusetts. But the reason for our discussion today has to do with something uh, happening out in your neck of the woods that could be of an inspiration to the folks here in Massachusetts. Can you start by telling us a bit more about Move LA? Uh, what is it and how did it get started?
1: Well, uh, Move LA was dreamed up one afternoon as I was sitting on Olympic Boulevard stuck in traffic. A newscast came on and it said, L.A. Metro
0: announces
1: that it has no money for any new projects for 30 years. And I heard that and went, what? Which it meant, of course, that we would be stuck in a worsening gridlock with Mm -hmm. nothing we could do about it. Um, A friend of mine, Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa, had just been elected mayor. I knew he was strongly supportive of transit. So mm-hmm. I just decided that moment that I was going to try to put together a coalition
0: uh,
1: to support him because mayors are not kings. They have to have maybe presidents are kings, right? But mayors are not kings. And they need coalitions um, to help them move the ball. And so we started, I started then. I found a foundation that would help fund a little bit, um, and we start, I started going out in LA County, meeting a lot of new people. I knew I knew a fair number of people. I had been mayor of Santa Monica, so I wasn't I wasn't like a complete newbie, but I'd done a lot of campaign work. But mm-hmm. uh, I introduced myself to lots of labor leaders, environmental leaders, social justice leaders, faith leaders. Um, business community leaders, uh to talk about and think about what could be done to remedy this problem of nothing to invest in improving our transportation situation. And that we had to hurry because we learned soon that if we were thinking about a ballot measure, we would have to hurry to get the legislature to authorize it. Um, if we were going to make the 2016, or that back then, 2008 election. But we did it. Okay. And that, and that conference became a, the first convening, and the organization was named after the theme of the conference, It's Time to Move L.A.
0: Okay. That's a, a perfect way to get started. I mean, the things that you're talking about, you know, no new revenue available for 30 years, um, trying to figure out how to put together a coalition and kind of dealing with gridlock. And it's kind of funny that, you know, you had this uh, epiphany kind of sitting in traffic. You know, we here in the Commonwealth are also dealing with these kinds of things as well as unreliable transit. And this is something that they are dealing with on a daily basis. You know, there are even areas across our Commonwealth which have no access to transit. But Denny, you know, before we kind of dig into kind of what happened in in Los Angeles, uh, didn't you used to live in Massachusetts? Uh,
1: Yes, yes. Right after, right after graduating from college here in Los Angeles at Occidental, I decided to go out to Massachusetts to, I had a friend who was living near Harvard Square. And so I went out there, you know, just to get something new. And so I lived in, in that area, you know, Brookline Village, Waltham, so on and so forth, um, for a couple of years. And I used to go to the hay market and we'd take the NPA to the hay market and there was one um morning well maybe afternoon um the train um stalled or something on the bridge crossing the Charles River and it was mm. the Charles River was frozen, it was quite cold out and you know, so we were sitting there on top of the river and somebody was tapping their fingers and another person had like one of those big Tell kind of like a sled looks like a gigantic frisbee and it was you know so i started just tapping my finger also and so this guy and i were kind of tapping our fingers and i started to sing a little song <laughs> people get ready there's this trade of coming <laughs>
0: <laughs> or at least that was the dream right <laughs> <laughs> of coming,
1: and uh, other people started singing and before long the whole, the whole rail car was singing, people get ready. There's a train <laughs> a coming. And then, you know, eventually, eventually the the train started up and we made it to Haymarket just fine. And as we all got out, we waved goodbyes, like we all had a bonding experience.
0: <laughs> now, Denny, do you mind sharing with our audience, like, exactly when was that?
1: That would have been about uh, 1970, 71. Wow. Well, I months. have
0: to Yeah. Yeah, well we're still having the exact same de- uh, delays that you were having back in 1971. So, you know, it's <laughs> uh not not much has changed. And you know, the ch- challenge has been that little has been done to create revenue streams that uh would work to solve some of our rail as well as a bus and overall traffic uh, issues. I know that the legislature is currently working on this now. They're uh, uh, investigating a, a finance pack, financial package that they hope to uh, uh, move forward on here in the, uh, during this uh, legislative session, which ends in July. Uh, but there's a huge divide in what different parts of the state will support, especially proposed measures like an increase in the uh, gas tax, uh, congestion pricing, or tolling. Now, the reason why I'm talking to you today today is because we know that regional ballot initiatives present a unique opportunity for legislators to avoid political risk that comes with proposing new taxes and also provides private citizens with some control to choose what transportation projects they might want to fund with their tax dollars. Denny, tell us a little bit more about what happened in L.A. County. Yeah, so kind of how did you know this coalition go about raising money and, uh, and, and, and just what happened?
1: Yeah, well, That conference I mentioned to you turned out to be a very pivotal moment as um, we had a lot of uh, important L.A. county leaders in the room having this discussion uh, about what we should do, and one of the options we put on the table as part of the discussion, and and I was moderating several of the panels, so it was all done in kind of plenary sessions of Everybody was hearing everybody, and it turned out that the whole magic of the moment was that it was like convening a coalition in public. Everybody could hear what different leaders would agree to. In effect, it really it really crystallized the moment. Um, we had done some polling uh, to know that among the various revenue sources, that a ta- a sales tax, was by far the preferred. Tax revenue source among voters, and we had we had that moment there where we could make a convincing case, um, and we knew that there was really no other way to get revenue at the scale we needed. Um, the legislature in Sacramento was not going to you know vote that scale of money to Los Angeles County. Um, it would have to do it for the whole state. Then it would be, the funding would be, um, you know, shared and you wouldn't have a concentrated resource really uh, of the scale needed to address the problem of LA County. In California, um, when an agency puts a measure on the ballot, um, it takes two thirds vote from the voters to approve it, not a simple majority. You know, and for, for many, that's really a daunting prospect. We counseled that there really was no good alternative um, if you were going to you know try to fund I mean, we thought about, hey, why don't we do something that would fund the subway? But you know LA county is a big county. Why would we get the votes in Long Beach or the San Fernando Valley tax themselves, vote for a project on one corridor? Mm-hmm. Um, every part of the county was going to have to have something serious, something important. Uh, in their yeah. area if this is going to work and you couldn't get that unless you had instead of a line You really had to talk about a system that you were investing yeah. in and that, and that meant in effect that we were going to put What was essentially? the um, county long-range plan um, on the ballot, although You know the moment of a measure coming forward would crystallize the discussions Um, Mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, things that might take three years to resolve would get get resolved in in three or four months because, you know, the the process disciplined itself. The the deadlines disciplined themselves. Yeah. We also, I think, learned that it was really important that you talk about major projects, not just the long laundry list of road repairs and so on. Um, That would have been weed. Like, it looked to the voters like weeds. And so having yeah. major projects in each part of the county, um, really convening the coalition of leadership and labor and business, environmental faith and social justice communities, etc., cetera, were all kind of essential elements together. Um, and so, um, and we had to virtually the legislature to authorize it. And, uh, you know, that was a challenge, but not, not at all impossible. Um, everybody saw the problem. Everybody knew the problem. And I think the logic of a county-based sales tax measure made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it brings up a really key issue for our our listeners because, you know, with our gateway cities, there's been a lot of discussion about the resources that go to Metro Boston versus the resources that go into other parts of the state. And you bring up a really great point about, you know, regional ballot initiatives being a way to address regional equity, making sure that, you know, people can kind of choose what makes the most sense in their local communities. As well as you also talked about, it was something that you were able to do more quickly than taking it through the legislature.
1: Yeah, equity... Turns out to be a, a sort of prerequisite of victory, and, and ah. it gives everybody it gives everybody a stake in coming to yes on the um, on, what, on what's being funded where. Uh, finding mm-hmm. agreement was, I think, a much a readily achievable objective because because the schedule of the ballot measure uh, was really a discipline that that the normal legislative process doesn't actually uh, enable. So mm. uh, we were we were so so I think mean, pleased with the way it all worked uh, when the voters voted. Um, you know it was it was election night. Obama was being elected president. We had a good voter turnout, and we got sixty seven point four percent of the vote. Even though a month earlier the economy crashed, and we were watching the president on television talking about, you know, the collapse of the financial system.
0: Yeah, so you're saying that you got 67% of the vote and support, even amidst an economy collapse. But exactly what did the people vote for? That's one of the things we haven't talked about yet. Um, What what exactly was it that they voted for?
1: Well, it was Measure R, and it was a half-cent sales tax, which would generate um, estimated... Uh, 40, $40 billion over 30 years, and there was okay. an expenditure plan that had, you know, a half a dozen major projects, rail projects primarily, but not mm-hmm. only. I mean, about 20% of the money would go to highway projects. A chunk of the money would go to um, local governments for them to spend on local transportation projects, street and r- road repair and stuff. Um, And but all totaled, about seventy percent would go to transit. You know that was really and primarily rail, but not only. It's a very significant amount for bus operations.
0: Uh huh. Um, And we and and, you say rail? That's both commuter rail as well as uh, light rail for the county.
1: um, Yes, the commuter rail is more of a regional system that each county contributes to. On account of that particular arrangement, kind of a joint power authority arrangement, it never quite gets the money it needs from each county. Mm,
0: you know, mm-hmm. every
1: county sort of relies on the other county to pony up if there's going to be a real change, a real improvement, and the county's never built the trust and the collaboration they needed to do that on the commuter rail. But mm, actually, we're working okay. on that now.
0: Is that another ballot initiative?
1: We are working on um, getting legislation approved for a truly regional ballot measure, which would be, again, a sales tax that would raise about $65 billion over 30 years, the primary objective of which will be strategies to reduce air pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. About a third of the money would go to this regional rail system. So it's in the district of the South Coast Air Quality Management District. And this is the first time any air district has proposed a ballot measure. And frankly, it never would have happened but for the success in Los Angeles. So it's very exciting. It could be a very, very, very major greenhouse gas reduction strategy as well.
0: Well, we have something currently that we're looking at. It's actually a multi-state initiative, kind of given how small all of our uh, states here are in the northeast, um, uh, between 13 different states and uh, Washington, D.C., called the Transportation and Climate Initiative. And so that's actually a cap and invest program that we've been looking to California and other regions across the country to mimic. But it sounds like you're taking a very similar approach to address uh, climate issues, air pollution, greenhouse gas emissions, using a ballot initiative as opposed to uh, using a a cap and invest program?
1: Yeah, well, the cap and trade program that California has, I think, has been very successful. Um, It generates significant resources, a billion and a half dollars a year. But every year, it also gets negotiated about how how that's spent. New legislatures have different view of the priorities etc one of the things that a ballot measure does particularly good for transfer but also will be very 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 good for um, rolling out clean cars trucks trains boats and planes um, mm-hmm. is that you can create a very reliable long-term revenue source and so manufacturers of clean technology who need to know that there is a market before they really ramp up the manufacturing, a ballot mm-hmm. measure, 30-year ballot measure, is very reliable revenue over the long term. Yeah. They know that there will be you know, a charging infrastructure or a, or a fuel cell hydrogen infrastructure. They know that there will be uh, support for their efforts, and they can start planning and, and, and ramping up manufacturing. That will bring the okay. cost down. And those technologies yeah. will become very, very cost-competitive much more quickly.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, and it's very important to emphasize, you know, the long-term planning that uh, regional ballot initiatives provides uh, kind of allows companies to make the kinds of investments we need to make into improving our transportation system, into mitigating for or, or reducing greenhouse gas emissions, to reducing air pollution, to to bring down some of those ill health effects uh, that kind of come from well, what's happening, yeah. So,
1: and, look at, and looking at the transit system itself, uh, that kind of long-term revenue can be bonded against. The longer the revenue, the more secure it is. The more mm-hmm. favorable the bonding terms are, and you can accelerate yeah. your projects.
0: Right. So I didn't even think about being able to bond against uh, the revenues that are kind of coming through the pipeline, which allows you to then exponentially increase the amount of funding you can bring in for the, your transportation projects. Makes complete sense. Absolutely.
1: And you're, and, you're, and you're more competitive when you seek federal money for your projects as well, because you've got local skin in the game.
0: It makes a lot of sense. But I have to ask a, a really uh, important question. Now, Los Angeles is a large city. Actually, it's the second largest in our country. You know, here in Massachusetts, our gateway cities, however, are former industrial cities that have been hit hard by the change to a more information and finance-based economy. And they often lack the diverse kind of municipal revenues or wealth-generating industries that uh, cities like Boston or L.A. have that can, you know, fund and support, you know, a sales tax ballot initiative. Um... How do you see uh, RBIs working for smaller cities? For example, you know, what's happening in California's Inland Empire that would be comparable to kind of what's happening here in Massachusetts?
1: Yeah, well, the Inland Empire, San Bernardino and Riverside County, where I grew up, um, they fund their transportation system through similar measures, okay. although they're not as aggressive as L.A. County has been about putting things before voters. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's part of a political culture, um, although I think they're now becoming more interested. Um, you know, I think if you're in a, when you're an elected official, you, you, elected officials are very reluctant to approve taxes because there's always right. political fallout from somewhere, right? Of course, and yeah. they might feel it's unpredictable about whether they're winners or losers politically. That, however, when you place something before the before the voters as a ballot measure, number one, you're letting the voters decide. So you bear less as an elected official. You get less negativity. It turns out that the voters, I think, are far more ready to invest in infrastructure, in long-term improvements, things that they know are essential, than legislators are. It's, it removes, if you will, a political barrier. Even though you have to go through the effort to raise money and run a campaign and such, it's um, for major resources. It's really quite uh, much much more effective than the regular legislative process.
0: Okay, and so it sounds like it. And also, it can, it's, it's been working for smaller cities in California, just like it can work for smaller cities here in uh, Massachusetts
1: as we're looking now at the regional measure that I described in the South Coast Air District which Mm -hmm. includes LA County, Orange County, Riverside County, and San Bernardino County that's a population of about 19 million people that's almost half of the population of all of California so as we as we look at that and we're looking for 2022 the county transportation commissions in the inland empire are looking at measures for 2020 so there is a um, i guess a bit of a bandwagon effect that where they start to say okay for the local county only stuff we'll go now in 2020 for the regional stuff the regional you know rail system the commuter rail system which is a 500 mile system throughout all those counties for that We'll, go, we'll, we'll do the regional measure in 2022 and okay. have all the greenhouse gas and air pollution reduction as well. People are mm-hmm. learning that this is, the voters are f- much more favorable to this than they realized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the discipline it creates in the process is very advantageous.
0: Denny Zane, Executive Director of MOVE LA, thank you so much for being here.
1: No, I enjoy talking about this stuff, so anytime.
0: (laughs) All right, thank you so much. All right, well, that's it for this week's episode of Gateways. I'm Tracy Corley. Today's episode was produced by Libby Gormley. Music by the Curtis Mayflower. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.